This is Meg Tilton at The 8 Cow Life, episode number 65, You Are Allowed to Take Up Space. This is The 8 Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose, a place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. How are we all doing today? It is, what, October, well, when this airs, I don't need, it's some mid-October date (laughs) is when it will air, Um, and it has finally turned cold here in St. Louis colder, I should say. So that is good. It finally feels like fall. I don't know if it doesn't feel like fall where you are, but it has not felt like fall here. And I am certainly ready for fall. I am just coming off of general conference as well, which was amazing and awesome and overwhelming and um, enlightening and edifying and all of the emotions kind of I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that way um, since General Conference, but I just, I love our prophet. He's such an amazing man. He's such an example of the things that we should be doing in our life and the kind of attitude and just overall perspective that we should have. I just love Russell M. Nelson, and I'm so grateful for his guiding hand in these latter days. So if you didn't catch General Conference, I hope you go back and listen. I'm trying to decide what my favorite talk was. Joel and I will be talking about this on the podcast in November. So I'm definitely going to pick out some of my favorites. But I really, 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 really liked the um, women's conference. I thought the talks all of the talks were spot on and just amazing. Okay, so I'm excited that you all are here. And I have to give credit where credit is due when it comes to the title of this podcast. So this title comes from Monica Packer, who has her own podcast called About Progress. I interviewed her back almost over a year ago now. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, make sure you go back and listen to it. It's amazing. She's an amazing woman. She's going places and I really appreciate her. Anyway, on her Instagram page one week, she recently posted the saying, you are allowed to take up space. And the truth of that statement really hit me. And the reason for this is, is because I think a lot of times that women women in general, but I think a lot of times, sometimes too, women in the church don't think that they are allowed to take up space. It's a cool saying, right? But what does it actually mean in practice? So that's what I'm going to discuss today. Now, if you don't know me personally, you just know me from this podcast, I'll give you a little bit of an insight into my personality. (laughs) I tend to be pretty outspoken. I have no problem speaking speaking my opinion in most settings and having my voice be heard. I am not shy in a lot of ways if I feel very strongly about something. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you feel comfortable speaking your mind and being a presence in a room, but maybe you're not. I 
hear from so many women in the church that they don't think that what they have to say or contribute is important. And today on the podcast, I am going to put my fist down on the desk. (laughs) I don't know if you could hear that. But I'm going to boldly state for the record that feeling like you don't deserve to take up space is a deception of Satan. He does not want righteous, God-fearing women to be putting themselves out there. He wants the people who are spouting his word and doing his deeds to be the ones that are loud and heard. You have to really realize where that feeling comes from. Satan wants you to think that you don't have anything to contribute or to give to the world. He wants you to think that your opinions and feelings about things are small and unimportant. And this is simply false doctrine from the author of false doctrine himself. Here's a little smackdown for you. (laughs) Like he does not want you to be who you are. He doesn't want you to feel like you belong in the world, that you have something to contribute. And that is totally, totally false. So I have heard from so many women in my coaching, as well as from sisters in the gospel in general, like at church and from conversations that I've had from them, that many of you feel that you can't say something in certain situations because you know it goes against what others think, or it goes against what you quote unquote should be saying. And I think that that is so dangerous because The same train of thought is then reflected in so many other areas of your life. So many women think that they don't have a say in their marriages, in their church callings, in their jobs, in their parenting, in their friendships. They just feel like they are kind of subject to what is going on around them. We are all subject to, of course, deal with what is going on around us. But that should never dictate how we decide to be and show up. And it should never dictate the way that we feel about ourselves and that we definitely are allowed space in the world. So I want to tell you that you always have something to contribute on the mere fact that you are a human being on this planet. God did not put you here to live small at all. He put you here to live a full and complete life, always striving to be the best version of who you are. Now, of course, not everyone will be the president of the United States or the president of the school board or a Relief Society president even. When I say small, what I mean is I don't want you living below your potential. You're not supposed to live small. You're supposed to live big. You're supposed to claim your space in the world. That is very important. And you're the one who determines what that space is. This is very key, actually, because the world will try and tell you the space that you're allowed to take up. And if you're not on it, and if you don't really um, have a good idea of who you are and where you want to go and what you're capable of, then that viewpoint is always going to win out. So you have to kind of grow into who am I? Where am I allowed to take up space? Where am I allowed to have my influence? Like you have to really stake your claim. 
Okay, I'm going to talk today a little bit about how do you figure out the space that you're allowed to be at in the world and how do you go about doing that, okay? So this may sound kind of cliche, but it's not at all. The first thing is, is that you have to pray about it. Like I said, I don't want to sound cliche like the primary answers, but it's true. You need to pray to know of your worth and your value. You need to pray to know that you deserve to be here and that you are needed. And I know that as you do that, God will teach you and train you in establishing your personal worth and your belief in your place in the world. He will put thoughts into your mind and then that will cause you to feel a certain way and then that will cause you to act in a certain way and ultimately it will get you a result of a greater individual worth feeling in your life and a greater ability to own your space on this planet. So I love the quote by Spencer W. Kimball that states, he said, quote, God is your father. He loves you. He and your mother in heaven value you beyond any measure. You are unique, one of a kind, made of the eternal intelligence, which gives you claim upon eternal life. Let there be no question in your mind about your value as an individual. The whole intent of the gospel plan is to provide an opportunity for each of you to reach your fullest potential, which is eternal progression and the possibility of Godhood, end quote. Okay, that's so awesome. (laughs) That is such an awesome quote, and it's so true. So like I was saying at the beginning, we just finished general conference, and it was really obvious to me as I watched our prophet and other leaders that they know their place in the world. Their status in the church has nothing to do with that. It really doesn't. I 100% believe that those men would adhere to the same values and act in the same ways, even if they weren't apostles or 70s or the prophet or the general primary president, or the general release society president, or whoever all the other people were that spoke. They have worked really hard, and I'm sure they have prayed a lot to learn of their worth and their place in this world. And the same blessing is available to you. It doesn't have anything to do with worldly status, church position, marital status, job, you name it. Your place in this world is set, right? Heavenly Father sent you here for a purpose. You are the one that gets to claim it. And nobody can take that away from you unless you let them. So that's number one. You need to pray for it. It's something that I know will really aid you in that process. Number two, you have to be willing to go after things that you are afraid of. I was trying to think of the scariest thing a human being has ever done. And I have to say that I think going to the moon would have to top the list. (laughs) I really honestly do. I think it's easy to look back at those men and think that they weren't afraid. I just don't think that that's true. I think they were scared out of their minds. I honestly do. But they knew their place in history and they were willing to claim it 
all while being scared. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, even astronauts today, we've had some not so great outcomes with the space shuttle and we've had other incidents, but like they're willing to get on a rocket and propel themselves into space, like which is still a very unknown frontier. And to think that they do that without being afraid is crazy. I actually was able to see the space shuttle take off before they stopped flying. And I was scared for them. (laughs) That's one of my traits. I actually like, my husband looked at me, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but we were at this launch, this is kind of a side tangent, we were at this launch and I was so nervous. And he looked at me and he had this epiphany and he was like, you're in the shuttle. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I basically should probably be strapped in there. I mean, it wasn't quite that bad. I'm sure I would be way more freaking out if I was in the shuttle, but I was nervous for them. And yet I was so proud of them because they still did it. And I'm sure they did it afraid. And that's what true courage is, right? Is that you do something when you are afraid. So doing something despite the fact that you're afraid is where you really grow and how you really learn your place in the world. So, so many times in life, we think that those who we admire, who are aware of the space they are allowed to take up are doing so not scared. And it's just not true. I used to think that if I was scared of something that it meant that I shouldn't do it. And I have to tell you, if I still believe that, I would not be recording this podcast right now because I never would have gotten over being scared. In fact, if you go back and you listen to my intro, and if you know me well, probably more in a social setting, you might be able to pick it up. But when I recorded that intro, I was so nervous and my voice totally shakes in that intro in one part. And I almost thought, oh, I should re-record it. But I was like, nope, we're good. (laughs) I'm just because if I try and re-record it, it's just going to get worse because I would have been more and more nervous. So I want you to just think, and I have thought about this, if I had didn't believe in myself and my ability and my right to take up space in the podcasting world, I never would have done it. I never would have started. So doing something like this, the podcast every week that scared me a lot initially and still does to some extent, I'm not going to lie, has changed me over time and allowed me to be like Neil Armstrong in some way by staking my claim of achievement despite fear. So every time that you do something in spite of fear, it changes you for the better. It gives you greater confidence in yourself and aids in your realization that you matter and you deserve to be here. So I want you to just kind of take fear and be like, yep, there you are, buddy. Just hanging out there. (laughs) I'm going to do it anyway, (laughs) right? It's totally true. You have to be willing to override that fear, to go after and really do the things that you know you're supposed to and be able to gain that further confidence in your space in this world. So number two, that's number two. Number three, in order to do this, I really think you need to surround yourself with people who allow you the space you need and deserve. 
So if you are really struggling with allowing yourself to feel like you deserve to take up space, take a look at your friends and the people that you associate with. Do they value your presence and want you to grow and develop into the person they know you are capable of becoming? Do they pick you up when you're down and help you along the way? There is nothing worse than feeling invisible. You want to be with people who see you and appreciate you for who you are. In order to illustrate this, I'm going to use kind of a personal example with my husband. So Dr. Tilton, a few years ago, went through a really rough year at his work. And something that you need to know about Dr. Tilton is that he's very easygoing, he's always positive, and he has a really low stress level. Like he hardly ever gets stressed out. He's always super chill, which is good. We kind of counterbalance each other. (laughs) And I really, really appreciate that about him and I admire it in him immensely. He's a great example. I have not met anybody who doesn't like Dr. Tilton. A lot of people like him a lot. So he was going through this rough patch and during this rough time, he would get down a lot and would have occasions where he felt really depressed and would just be, ugh. And he's not, he's a guy, so he doesn't really talk about it. So I kind of had to pull it out of him sometimes. And it would kind of manifest in other areas. Like he wouldn't feel like he was being a good husband or he wouldn't feel like he was being a good father. And it was just a really kind of a rough time for him. But I remember distinctly one day, I realized that he hadn't been down for several months. And I immediately realized why. So about six months prior to this realization by myself, his boss had changed and he was working under someone new. Now his former boss, while a great person, had created an environment where it was harder for Dr. Tilton to feel like he was valued and worthy to take up space at his work and feel like he was a contributing member. It was really an eye-opening experience for both of us that who you surround yourself with and who influences you can really have an impact on your ability to believe that you take up can take up space and that you belong and that you're worthy and that you have these rights as a human being. Now in coaching, I often say like circumstances don't ever need to change. And I do believe that like had he had coaching, I think he could have had a much more positive experience under this other boss that he had. But even then, sometimes you're in a situation that causes you to have to coach yourself a lot. And then you have to decide, like, do I want to keep coaching myself or do I want to create boundaries or what have you? So this was kind of a change that he had no control over that his boss got put in another position and he got a new boss. And so it was just eye-opening that, yes, you need to be very careful with what you subject yourself to in terms of how you feel about your place in the world. So that's number three. Number four is really just kind of simple. And it's really, I think, what makes up the basis of life and how we're supposed to live our life. But you have to be really patient with yourself in learning where your space is and 
what you're allowed to take up and where you're allowed to have your influence. And the thing is, is that you're going to struggle and you're not going to get it correctly all the time. You're not. You're, you're going to flounder in how you feel about yourself or you're going to think that other people are responsible for how you feel or a variety of different reasons. So just realize that like everything else in your life, this is a skill that has to be learned. It's a skill to know the space that you are allowed to take up. Here is the simple fact that I stated earlier is simply by being a human being, you are allowed to take up space. You are allowed to have influence in the world. That's kind of (laughs) non-negotiable in my opinion. So those are the four things that I think are really, really important in learning how you are allowed to take up space. One, you pray about it. Two, you start doing things that you're afraid. You surround yourself with people who already know that you're allowed to take up space and they honor that for you. And then you're patient with yourself as you practice and learn and develop the skill. Now, once you are on the path to establishing your space, don't get sidetracked by other people's spaces. This is so hard. You have to honor and appreciate their space. I think that that is definitely a characteristic that you want, but you don't ever want to be envious of their space or want to take over their space. I see so many of us, including myself, who think that our space isn't important enough and that we should be doing what so-and-so is doing because that looks more important or I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And that is simply not true. This will only complicate matters more and make you feel unhappy. It is never fun or productive or healthy to try and live in someone else's space. It will never feel right and it will never turn out right. You need to find your space and then you need to own it seriously own it i recently heard a fellow podcaster lamenting about how low their listener numbers were and how few reviews they had on their podcast and i kind of chuckled to myself because i honestly in a way wanted to reach through the airwaves and slap them because the numbers they were talking about were 25 times greater than my numbers on my podcast and my reviews. So if you allow numbers and you allow other people's success to determine your space in the world, you will always come up wanting, always. Because I looked at this podcaster and I was like, are you crazy? Like I would love to have those numbers. I would love to have those numbers of my listenership on my podcast, but she was looking at somebody else's numbers, right? And I had to really coach myself to say, you know what? Her numbers are not my numbers and that's okay. It's totally okay. I am learning and growing and I am taking up the space that God needs me to take up right now now and that is all that matters and i am happy for her and i hope she gets more listeners and i hope she gets more reviews because i think that would be amazing right so honor their space when somebody is doing something amazing with their life but don't make it mean anything about 
your space. The mere fact that you are a human on this planet gives you the right to take up space. Your individual gifts, talents, viewpoints, and perspectives are needed to better this world and the people within your influence. You most definitely deserve to take up space, and I want you to remember that every time you want to think you aren't. Even if you can only say, Meg Tilton believes that I'm allowed to take up space, do it because I 100% believe that. Every human being is amazing. Every human being has something to contribute to this world. And that most definitely includes you. All right. Hope you all have a great, fabulous week. Drink lots of apple cider and pumpkin steamers and eat chili and cornbread and just embrace the fall wherever you are. And I will be back here next week. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.